0: Inside Sources Inside, Inside Sources America's Voice of Reason Boyd Matheson on Utah's Home for Elevated Conversation Inside Sources on KSL News Radio We must act with a sense of urgency. I believe our policy over the next 10 years will set the stage for the next 100. We cannot allow the CCP's tech-powered dystopia to prevail.
2: That was the chairman of the House China Select Committee, Mike Gallagher. Uh, He and his Democratic counterpart uh, painted a picture for the American people as they rolled into their first primetime committee hearing. Uh, Now that we have primetime committee hearings, that's a whole other issue in my book, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Interesting, as we looked at what happened beyond the headlines last night rolling into it, uh, we need to take a look under the headlines to see how united and how divided are Democrats and Republicans when it comes to how we deal with China. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Well, we're going to turn to uh, our inside source, Philom Kine, a D.C.-based China correspondent for Politico. And uh, Philom, we appreciate you joining us today. Great piece in Politico uh, talking about the China Select Committee, which, of course, had its first uh, big primetime hearing last night. And uh, give us kind of the broad brush first in terms of uh, what was the expected? Did we get mostly what we expected or any surprises in there?
1: Well, I think it's really important to to note that this uh, committee, which is a new committee, um, this is at the epicenter of the congressional legislative conversation about China and about U.S.-China relations. So what they discuss and what they are going to be pushing out in terms of legislation is going to have profound influence on the U.S.-China relationship going forward. And of course, that relationship, as we all know, in the aftermath of last month's uh, balloon, uh, spy balloon incidents and concerns about China, per- perhaps preparing to uh, provide lethal weaponry to uh, to Russia. And of course, revelations from the Department of Energy that uh, China's lab leak was the source of COVID. The relationship is really poor. Um, so what happened last night? It was the debut hearing for this committee, and it was it was really interesting because first it was prime time. It was seven p.m. It was it was televised, of course, through the House uh, television system, and it was a marathon three hours in which the committee kind of laid out what the sort of the outline of their agenda is going to be over the next couple of years. And you can imagine what they are. They talked about issues related to trade, issues related to Taiwan, concerns about precursor chemicals that create illegal opioids that kill thousands of Americans. Um, But it wasn't 100 percent bipartisan because you could see that there is some daylight between GOP members and Democratic members in terms of where the emphasis should be.
2: Yeah, and such a, an interesting thing as you, as we watched that play out. Uh, there were some of the things that we sort of expected, and you laid those out in terms of trade and Taiwan and balloons and Russia and uh, COVID and all of those kinds of things. And to me, the interesting thing is, will this committee really get beyond that? Uh, obviously, this was the big rollout and, and hit kind of all the high-level things, but did you get a sense that they're going to get into – an area where I do think there is some division from the administration that has been focusing on higher level things like investment and alignment and competing uh, versus some of the things that have happened more on the Senate side with uh, Senator Menendez and Senator Romney coming together saying, hey, high level principles are good, but we've got to have some strategies and tactics underneath. Did you get a sense directionally in terms of are we going to get to that kind of meat and substance or will this be more uh, kind of performative uh, committee work?
1: I, I think that it, you, you're absolutely right in the sense that uh, on the Senate side there are uh, there's a growing chorus of concern that there really isn't a, a, the United States doesn't really have a cohesive and coherent China strategy. It has sort of bullet point slogans like you mentioned, like uh, invest, align, and compete. And so that's a conversation that's going on over on the Senate side. Now, this committee, um, based on what we heard yesterday. There seems to be, uh, you know, a, 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 a an, an understanding or an agreement, at least uh, a partisan agreement, in terms of what, what's going on, and that is for the GOP, most certainly, China is or the Chinese Communist Party is an existential threat to the United States, and that there is a, that the U.S. is in an existential struggle against the ccp and it needs to take urgent action to defend the u.s and its interests and of course that means the sort of your your bread and butter issues like arming taiwan boosting the u.s military capacity and 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 sealing off and preventing china from getting access to High-end technology, particularly uh, semiconductors, that could, they could use to boost their military-industrial complex. So we see a lot of this is this is kind of like a mechanic shop where they're rolling out the how-to rather than the the, the higher sort of thinking about. Why and where are we going in ten or twenty years? If that makes sense. Yeah,
2: and I love that part of your piece in in terms of uh, creating that kind of vision that you, we can do nuts and bolts uh, kinds of things. But if we don't really know the why or the where we're trying to go with this thing, um, then to me it's just more of the rhetorical. Things From the Democratic side, um, obviously they're trying to align, I think, with the, the president in terms of how that framing is going. Anything else that you gleaned from the Democrats last night that might give some uh, directional uh, uh, insight as well? A gun in the face.
1: Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, this was the most interesting part of the the hearing, is that although um, the uh, committee chairman Gallagher and uh, ranking member uh, Rajakrishnamurti were both talked up uh, big time this idea that it's got to be bipartisan. We've got to be on the same page. It was clear that uh, multiple Dem members of this committee have different ideas in terms of what competing with China means. And for several members, they talked about not so much this idea of, of the external threat, and sort of fending off China, it was all about investing at home. And a couple of members used the word industrial policy. This idea that if the United States is going to adequately compete with China, then it needs to put the money into the manufacturing base to make sure that the United States has access to the high technology items, that it has secure supply chains, that it does to a certain extent what China does. That the U.S. Guarantees and provides a roadmap for how industry works to protect the country. And at least one um, de- uh, Republican member was very uh, opposed to that vision and said, you know, the U.S. doesn't, you know, beat China by becoming China. Mm. But the other really interesting element was that there were a couple of members who spoke about the need to uh, r- uh, revive and bolster American democracy. This idea that You cannot effectively counter this rising authoritarian or arguably a totalitarian China when the democratic system here in China that's still reeling from the aftermath of the January 6, 2021 insurrection and this extreme GOP and democratic polarization where democracy is ailing. And um, Representative uh, Auchincloss, a Democrat from Massachusetts, he made this great quote. He said that January 6th was uh, uh, Chinese paramount leader Xi Jinping's best day on the job because it revealed the cracks and divisions and weaknesses in American society that them say need to be addressed before you can really deal with an outside threat.
2: Uh, I think that's so fascinating. To me, that was one of the really interesting things, and you and you pointed that out so well in your uh, Politico piece. Uh, is is looking at that and, and changing that part of the conversation? I mean, there there. Are, this is such an interconnected, interwoven challenge uh, because we do have things that obviously we have to compete with China on. We have areas where we we've got to work together in dealing with places like uh, South Korea or excuse me, North Korea and uh, and Iran. Uh, where their influence is going to be great, the interconnectedness of the of the economies. Uh, and so uh, any sense or anything there uh, in terms of uh, do we do we see a Secretary Blinken uh, visit uh, in the wake of what's been going on? Is all of that kind of chilled at the moment? Any indication from the committee in terms of what they would like to nudge the administration toward uh, as far as actual interaction with China?
1: Uh, So I think that, you know, the Biden administration is in a difficult position, and it it is not politically viable for Secretary of State Antony Blinken to start talking about, um, you know, uh, rescheduling his planned trip to Beijing, which, of course, was aborted because it occurred over that weekend when, you know, the balloon got blown up over the Carolinas. And so uh, it's likely that there won't be any type of sort of clear skies for him to start, you know, thinking in that way until there is really um, sort of like a forensic documentation and disclosure about what that balloon was. Like, what was it doing? And so there and, and, and once they have that, the Biden administration can go to the Chinese government and say, here's what we know you know, you guys you guys have some explaining to do. And, you know, Blinken can't go to Beijing while there are still questions about that balloon and what it was doing and what China's surveillance program's about. So that's kind of in the back burner for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think in the meantime, we're going to be seeing this committee kind of going really, uh, you know, deep diving and coming up with, with legislation that they hope to present in a bipartisan manner that addresses these issues that they've said are, you know, top drawer, which, of course, is the tech, securing tech chains, supply chains, protecting Taiwan, and effect, and also bolstering our partnerships and our allies in the region and around the world.
2: Uh, great insight. As always, Phelan Kine, uh, D.C.-based China correspondent for Politico. Great piece in Politico. And uh, Phelan, we always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for joining us today.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.
2: All right. Uh, Again, this was the first rollout of this new select committee uh, dealing with competing with China. And there's so many things to unpack there. And we're going to continue to do that as they march their work forward. And the test will be, can we go past the headline of we started out in a pretty good, pretty solid bipartisan manner? But will the politics, particularly the presidential politics, start to get in the way of some good policy that might strengthen us? As we interact and deal with China, lots to think about. Much more to come. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.